Hello again, folks. Um, if you haven't caught up in the last couple of episodes, it's probably worthwhile doing before you uh, listen to this, although you can um, put this as a standalone. It just might not make sense in certain places. But we've been talking about identity, belonging, believing. And uh, it does occur to me, Peter, that, um, you know, I've been on the earth now for 39 years. And uh, when, when you take certain things away that have just been, you know, the mechanisms by which I've got things done or the way that I live or the way that I think, um, it's 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 difficult to to shift into another way of living. It's it's a paradigm shift. I I like a quote I heard heard recently. Um, the, the the sound you hear is a paradigm shifting without a clutch. And um, I think about the idea of being able to live out of our new identity or to have to have to have a different way of approaching all of life that we've been given. After many of us have been around for a while and and just gotten used to getting things done in certain ways. So my, my question is, you know, it, it's a nice sentiment um, on the outside to go, yeah, we need to have our identity in Christ. It sounds true. The scripture seems to say the same thing. So um, that that's wonderful. But how, how, do, how do we kind of foster that? How do we nourish it? How do we nurture this a reality from day to day that, that our identity is in Christ, that we that we do belong, that, that Christ has said, get down out of the tree and come to your place to live or to, to eat at least? Um what, well, what, Joppo, what we you, you ask great questions, and I'm glad you mentioned the Zacchaeus thing there. So Jesus says to Zacchaeus, hurry down, I must stay at your house today. Verse 6 says, he hurried down and was happy to welcome him. Verse 7 says, all who saw it began to grumble and said he's gone to be the guest of one who is a sinner. Then there's this huge jump. Verse 8 says, Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, look, half of my possessions, Lord, I will give to the poor, and if I've defrauded anyone of anything... I will pay back four times as much. Do you think? Do you think he regretted that? Like he just went, <coughs> "Oh, I got a little bit excited there." <laughs> yeah. well, 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 he may have. But, but what I, I like to think that there's a gap between verse seven and eight. Uh, sorry, yeah, verse seven and eight. Oh, he's gone to the to be the guest of one who was a sinner, and then Zacchaeus standing and saying to the Lord, "Look, half of my possessions I'll give to the poor." What what happened in between? Well, that's what we looked at in the last episode. Zacchaeus, the first episode, two episodes ago, Zacchaeus received radical acceptance, which led to the formation of his identity as a son of Abraham, a son of God, yeah, yeah. a dearly loved, accepted son of God. <clears throat> yeah. Then last time we looked at the belonging led to him believing. Now, out of our believing, what grows in us is a conviction that leads to habits. Okay. Now, habits sound dangerous, don't they? Yeah, yeah. See, habits are dangerous if we don't get the paradigm uh, in the right way. If we, if I think in church circles, many of us have believed if we have the right habits, that will lead to conviction. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So if I pray this amount, if I read the Bible, if I get together in a prayer triplet, if I go to church on Sunday, if I have those habits, I'll become more awesome. Then I'll become more awesome. There'll be a conviction that grows. But what we see in Zacchaeus is there's a conviction. He's accepted, he's welcomed, he belongs, he knows that he's a son of Abraham, and now he goes, you know what, I'm going to start repaying people. Mm -hmm. uh, he doesn't repay people in order to have Jesus come to his house. He doesn't repay people in order to be accepted, but renumerating people is a habit that flows out of his conviction that he's a dearly loved son. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So... If you don't get anything else out of this podcast, get this. I'm not a person who poo-poos habits, 
but I am a person who poo-poos habits as another performance-based means of seeking God's approval. Habits are absolutely essential in order to sustain the life that we've been called to, but the habit in itself doesn't make us anything or anyone, and it's, the habit flows out of the conviction. It's, 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 once again, it's about the, the order of things. I'm, I'm reminded it's exactly of, about the order of things, Joppo. That's brilliant. I'm reminded of the Peter McHugh book called The Voyage of Mercy many moons ago, and you know, he just said, and he went through a crisis of identity himself and, 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 and was... So if you don't know who Peter McHugh is, he's a senior pastor at Stairway Church in Melbourne. Yeah, um, so, so, so you know, in there, he he basically kind of talks about the order of things, and one is acceptance before performance, but not without performance. So we we're not accepted to belong and believe, so that we can lay on the couch and just bask. That uh, he reorientates us so that we live from him, and we still do things. Now we're human beings, and and you know, when I when I read Paul saying, "I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should; otherwise, I fear after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified." Yada yada yada. Um, you see the athletes in the Olympic um, competitions doing brilliantly. We're just seeing the outcome of many, many, many habits that have been honed towards the goal. And the conviction that I want to run that race leads to the habits yes. that are necessary in order for that race to be completed. Yes. So it doesn't mean we... It, it practically means we may do things that other people could accuse us of. Well, you, you, you know, you're doing a religious thing there. Well, you know, it's the orientation of where we start. So a practical example is I was, I was <coughs> having a phone call, a bloke rang me this morning and we were talking on the way down and he was so excited about a conversation he's just had with his 18 or 19 year old lad and his 18 year old or 19 year old lad is, is now on a journey with Jesus that he wasn't a couple of years ago. He said, Dad, I've just been basically spending the last two years going to parties and drinking inordinate amounts of, uh, of alcohol and then being disillusioned with life, farming, church, and everything. And when the father was wondering why the son has now had this conviction and is asking these questions, one of the things is that he's seen in the father a change over the last three years. So the man who rang me, the boy's father, I said to him, as you speak to other people about this, the temptation will be to tell the positive story about where your son is now. And that's a great story and it's a great testimony and mm. it's yours to tell. But don't tell it without letting them know where you were three years ago. Yeah. Because three years ago, you weren't in a position to have anything much to offer your son. And he said, and this is the point I'm making, he said, yeah. He said, what has happened over the last three years is that I've been journeying with you and Kriegie, and as I've been journeying with you guys, things inside of me have changed. So he had a conviction about three years ago that he couldn't do life on his loan. Yeah. One of the habits, which wasn't a habit like reading at 6am every day, one of the habits that he picked up three years ago out of that conviction, I, I want to grow, I want to I live out of the belonging that has formed my beliefs, who are some guys that I can journey with on a regular basis in order to keep this conviction going? So one of the habits that he developed was ringing me and Robin Krieg and hanging around with us. And that's happened over a three-year period. Now it's gone full circle. 
his son has now experienced a conviction which has his son saying, Dad, what are some of the things in life that I can do differently? So doing is not bad, but doing is never, ever the source of our identity. Yeah, yeah. So let's go back to where we started. Acceptance leads to identity. Belonging leads to believing. And conviction leads to habits. So you mentioned in the last uh, podcast, Craig, the woman who had been caught in adultery in John chapter 8. Jesus uh, stands in the gap between her and those who are accusing her. He says, let those who are without sin cast the first stone. And, and everyone left. This woman has been spared her life. I can imagine her life going, wow, this is absolutely incredible. The, the acceptance, the grace, the belonging, the love, the, the ransom, the rescue that I have just received is so amazing. And then Jesus says to her, ah, go and sin no more. So there's a new lifestyle now that comes out of the conviction. So the new lifestyle is not wrong. It's just never the place that we start. So in our fathering and mothering of others, in our spiritual parenting, we don't start with a new moral code of conduct. We don't even start with new boundaries, but we start with their acceptance, which leads to an identity. We are in their lives and we are in their mess and we give them a sense of belonging, which leads to a believing. Out of that believing comes an inner conviction that in time will have them practicing some habits that will see them grow and in turn become people who give acceptance into the lives of others. So the order of things is uh, essentially yeah. important. And, and, and not even the order of, oh, what, did, did I get that right? It's not that kind of order. It's, it's yeah, this is, this is a good practice and this is a good habit, but that doesn't earn me any brownie points. I'm not, I'm not doing the spiritual discipline. I'm not carrying the spiritual discipline out to earn brownie points. I'm, I'm carrying it out because it maintains my conviction in my beliefs that come out of my belonging, which are formed my, by my identity, which are given by the God who accepts me. It just reminds me, you know, the woman caught in adultery and, and, and essentially forming habits out of convictions of a, of a story where I was doing a trenching job down um, Aberfoyle Parkway. And uh, the guy um, actually was for um, uh, Uniting Church pastor and the guy he had uh, to do the plumbing was a retired plumber. His name was Headley. And uh, no, normally, no one can be within four meters of the machine be, due to my safe operating procedure. So you know, that's a, that's a fair way. But um, and I've had people kind of go close over the years. But as I was trenching, Headley held onto my machine and walked with me. And with the machine revving and my headphones on, uh, he was telling me his testimony. And here's basically how it went. And you know, interrupted by moments of him laughing that caused me to laugh. And I assumed he said something funny, but. I was amused by his, uh, his laugh, and we've since become mates. But uh, he, here's my memorable moment. He just says, you know, Craig, I was out doing my own thing. I was drinking heavily, and uh, I met Jesus, mate, and he saved me. He delivered me. It, it, I tell you, not, not a word of a lie. He saved me. So you know what? I, uh, he delivered me from alcoholism, but I had to put legs on that. I had to chuck the bottles out, have to dip them out. Can't, can't, can't keep drinking, mate, you know? I thought, wow, had to put legs on it. That's good. That was the bit that I that I heard. He delivered me. He freed me. He set me free. He he showed me himself. I was accepted, but I still got to put legs on it. I reckon that's a great topic for the next uh, for the next podcast, Craig. How can we put legs on it? Out of out of the conviction that we have, what are some of the legs 
that we can put on? What are some of the habits that, uh, that help us grow so we become spiritual mothers and fathers? Thanks, Peter. It's been good again. Cheers.